It is Thursday, April 6th, 2023. It is 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and so you know what time it is. It's time for a little D-shift. And so, terrible, terrible things afoot. Terrible. If you haven't already contacted your representatives concerning the Restrict Act, I strongly suggest you do so. Like, email them, Twitter them, Facebook them, pester them, torture them, make them know that you do not want them to end the first and several other of the amendments of the U.S. Constitution because that's exactly what's going to happen if they pass that shit piece of legislation. And I mean, like, I'm tempted to read it here. Like, seriously, I am tempted to read it in text on the show. I've done that before. You know, uh, back when I was doing Coin Metal, I actually read the entire text of BitLicense, annotated, of course, on my show. And uh, I, I, I have to suspect there's... There's maybe like a little bit of potential in the possibility that I caused that to not be passed anywhere else. I, I would like to think that that was, that was reality behind it. I don't know. All I do know is this, is that I had about 4,000 followers on Twitter at the time. And the number of people that actually heard me read it, um, while it wasn't a lot of people, uh, it was a decent number. And... Out of all of the all of the uh, episodes that I uploaded, that was actually one of the ones that got a lot of review. So, I I've got to think that uh, it had a little bit of reach. But yeah, uh, I don't have the reach that I did on Twitter now. Um, I'm slowly building that up. Amazingly enough, and uh, it's it's funny, you know. I, I've started doing this sh- this show or this type of show again. Um, And the funniest part about it to me is this, that I was getting so much in the way of censorship before that, like, now I actually get followers. Like, I don't have to even really try on on Twitter now. I just, I say what I normally say, and enough people like it organically that I end up getting more followers from it. I'm like, okay, well, how, how the fuck did, how is it that that didn't happen before? You know, and on, on BitChute, I've posted three videos on BitChute, right? One of them was the other day, we, we uh, a friend of mine and I from Twitter had this nice conversation and I happened to have had enough forethought to hit the record button and we ended up getting a good podcast out of it. We're talking about doing it again, possibly even this week. You never know. I Although the week is pretty much over, so the likelihood of it happening this week is low. Maybe next week. I don't know. I haven't had an opportunity to talk to him about it. So, you know, when when I do, you know, well, well yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, I had a lot of... A lot of pull before, and it's one of the reasons, I'm sure, that uh, they've chosen to ban me pretty much permanently on Twitter, except for on the accounts that I've created now. Um, but on, on on this device, on, on the computer that I'm broadcasting from right now, if I were to try to sign into your Twitter account, 
And it doesn't matter who you are. It could be Donald Trump. It could be signing in, trying to sign in from this computer. They hate me so much or have me so surveilled on Twitter, on this machine, that if I tried to sign into your account from this machine, they'd, permit, they'd suspend you. They, they wouldn't let you sign in. It'd be like, no, no, you're that guy. You, you can't, you, that's, that's that guy's computer. You can't sign in from it. So, I mean, it, it, to me, that's just like, that's the beginning. Okay. If you, if you care about being on the internet, you should know that is what they have planned for every single fucking one of you. That if you don't, they don't like what you're saying, whatever, they're going to do that to you. And they're not just going to do it on Twitter. They're going to do it everywhere. They're going to be doing it, doing it in your fucking wallet. That's what that whole social credit system is all about. You know, I've got to condition you to be the, the perfect being that always says the right, the absolute right thing at the right time. No, 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 no. That's not what they're doing at all. What they're actually doing is creating a framework by which you can be taxed for everything at any time, at any moment, and without, without any kind of mercy at all. Unless you're one of them and then you get the super, super perks and all that other stuff. And we go right back to monarchy without anybody really noticing it, you know, because the restrict act, it's not just about TikTok. No, no, no. It's about restricting you. If you, if you read that information, they, they are seeking the authority to deem anybody a fucking credible threat or a, tr- a criminal threat or a, ter- a terrorist threat or whatever and start tapping you for additional fees, additional premiums, additional jail sentences for things as simple as saying Joe Biden's a fucking idiot on Twitter. And I swear these people are listening to me station on this show because like <laughs> I I told somebody that if they were to pass the restrict act, I would create a VPN account specifically so I could go to TikTok and do a video that says fuck Joe Biden every single fucking day, once a day. And if you look at the restrict act, it says that what I was proposing to do would be a crime, sensible by 20 years in prison. You got to fucking think. I mean, somebody says that. I mean, that, that kind of thing happens. I say that, and then I look at the, the text of the legislation, and it says, if it's found that you you have access to the site outside of the, that's outside of the United States that is brand or restricted via a VPN... You'll have to pay a $20,000 fine or 20 years in prison or so, some fucking ridiculous, draconian, dra- tyrannical fucking bullshit that you can't even imagine somebody even proposing as legislation here in the United States. And there it is in the fucking Restrict Bill or Restrict Act or whatever the fuck it is. I'm just, I'm saying it to you now. Tell your representatives to vote no. Because they basically be trying to make America illegal in that fucking act. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into some music. 
And you know we're going to go with body count. Well, I line it up, you know, set us on our way for the day. Kind of figure out where we want to go. Although it is kind of late in the day for that, right? You know, I I think I was doing a uh, a show at like 11 a.m. at one time. And so I got that, that kind of mindset of, you know, the day's still ahead of you. But as far as where we're going to go, I think that... Oh, where is it? Here it is. The bum rush. I think the bum rush is is like appropriate. And so that's where we're going. Body count. Bum rush. First dance. Here on the D shift. And that was Voivod with obsolete beings. Previous to that, we had some Five Finger Death Punch, War is the Answer, System of a Down, Prison Song, Slayer, Dissident Aggressor, which was originally a Judas Priest song, by the way, and then, of course, Body Count, Bum Rush. So, anywho, as far as what we're going to get into today, I got a whole bunch of articles, bunches and bunches of articles. And, uh, let's see here. I, I've been all over the place as far as uh, new new social media and stuff that I've been trying to get into. And uh, there's there's certainly a lot of it out there. I, I don't think that these people have been paying attention because the Restrict Act is pretty much going to make all the activity on their sites null and void. Probably get people in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, I, I I really have to wonder about the future of social media when I consider the text of, of the Restrict Act. It basically make any political commentary illegal. It basically make any kind of commentary concerning COVID or, or any riots or anything that are happening right now. It pretty much make it all illegal. You'd have to resort to, like, passing notes between one another and shit like that. I mean, just to just to be able to communicate without indicating to the government exactly what your communications consist of. And in all honesty, I find it wholly offensive. I, I'm I've been a a constitutional maximalist pretty much my whole life. And when people tell me things like you know, you've got the right to free speech. You got a right to defend yourself. You have a right to your own properties. I I I take them at their word. You know what I mean? And so when I see a piece of legislation that seeks to abridge and abrogate every single bit of that, I I tend to take offense. Deep personal offense. And I wish more people would too. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I wanted to get into this one because it is so patently ridiculous on its face that I, I feel motivated. <laughs> and uh, this one's on uh, news.bitcoin.com. It's by Jamie Redman, and it was authored approximately an hour ago. So, yes, penis. A U.S. Treasury report warns of DeFi's threat to national security. Authors conclude... Fiat is used 
in illicit finance more than crypto. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. Duh. 97% of all criminal activity out there is conducted using U.S. dollars, so, at least in the United States and probably 85% everywhere else. So I don't even want to hear your bullshit when you want to get into that. So anyway, the U.S. Treasury report warns of DeFi's threat to national security. Authors conclude fiat is used in illicit finance more than crypto. Duh. U.S. Treasury report has released a report on April 6, 2023 that assesses the purported risks of DeFi. Quote, The risk assessment explores how illicit actors abuse DeFi services and vulnerabilities unique to DeFi services to inform efforts to identify and address potential gaps in the United States AML-CFT regulatory, supervisory, and enforcement regimes, said the National Treasury and Finance Department. The, the report was written by Treasury officials, including Brian Nelson, the Treasury's Undersecretary for Terrorism and Financial Intelligence. Quote, DeFi services at present often do not implement AML-CFT controls or other processes to identify customers, allowing layering of proceeds to take place instantaneously and pseudonymously using long strings of alphanumeric characters rather than names or other personally identifying information, the report adds. It also acknowledges that some firms are providing AML-CFT controls and that on-chain surveillance companies do exist. However, Nelson and the report's authors maintain that these controls and monitoring practices, quote, do not adequately address the identified vulnerabilities on their own, meaning some people are still making money without paying taxes on it. <gasps> The DeFi report also discusses how the Treasury intends to strengthen federal oversight and regulatory policies. These authors emphasize that, quote, centralized virtual, virtual asset service providers, VASPs, and industry solutions can partially mitigate some of these vulnerabilities. The Treasury Department stated that regulations that cover traditional finance should also apply to decentralized finance and regulators must close specific gaps that cyber criminals, money launderers, and scammers currently exploit. Interestingly, despite the report's 42-page length, the Treasury report authors conclude by stating that, quote, Illicit finance remains a minor portion of the overall virtual asset ecosystem. Meaning, most of the shit that's going on is non-criminal, non-terrorist in nature, and they're stuffing their hands up your ass for absolutely no fucking reason whatsoever. On page 36 of the report, which covers the conclusion, recommended actions, and post questions, the researchers emphasize that most nation-state adversaries and cybercriminals do not typically use crypto assets or DeFi for illicit financing. 
Quote, Moreover, money laundering, proliferation financing, and terrorist financing mostly commonly occur using fiat currency or other traditional assets rather than virtual assets, the report's authors conclude. Now, take that, take that shit to the bank. They're not interested in protecting you from anything other than the fact that you might make some money that they didn't get a fucking cut of. And they have to get a cut of everything you fucking make money on, right? It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. It tells me that they are so, so in fucking trouble trying to perpetuate these these ideals of ESG and DEI into corporate structures and expecting that despite the fact these things only cost money to track and credit, that they're expecting it to generate some additional value that is non-present. The only people it's valuable to are spying entities. And they don't pay enough fucking money to establish to bother establishing all of that infrastructure. And again, <laughs> what makes it sad to me especially is that what they're going to end up doing is they're going to end up recreating street retail. Only what's going to be going on is that the average people are going to be out there. They're not going to be using their phones in ways that can be trackable. They're only going to be using them for things like SSH communications directly to their own servers where they're conducting stuff on the, on a POS, a point of sale system, that they have on their own server. And they're going to be doing transactions for things that aren't even available right now that you can't typically get from a physical market because those things are only produced on a finite scale, a really finite scale, as in like right now, you want it what color? Sure thing, no problem. That kind of scale. And 15 minutes later, I've got one made for you. And I'm, I'm like rinsing off all the burrs and you know I'm, I'm running it through my bead wash or something like that. And 15 bucks later, it's yours. A perfectly customized down to the fucking color scheme and, and everything unit singular and owned by you see that's where i see the future going and as far as i'm concerned they're paving the fucking way with this because again it'll just go back to physical barter it's like big fucking whoop de doo i can't i can't order it off of amazon that's okay Amazon doesn't even have it available. The only place on planet Earth that I seem to be able to find it is that joker on the fucking corner with his digital digital POS system and his phone that he's willing to take my Dogecoin as payment through. And he's the only person I can get it from. You know, and maybe, maybe I... Uh, I send a picture to one of my friends and say, hey, there's this great vendor out here. He's the only guy on the entire planet that has these fishing reels and he'll customize it down to the color for you and, and you know, whatever specs you want. You know, you, you want a 6 to 1 gear ratio, you want a 5 to 1 gear ratio, you want a 4.3 to 1 gear ratio. You know, it, he'll do it all 
right on the spot for you. 15 bucks worth of Doge is all it's going to cost you. Here, here's his email contacts. Maybe he'll be willing to send you one. If you send him the money, he'll send you the real. But we're not going to bother to host websites because that'll be used to track you. We're not going to be using exchange accounts because, again, that'll be used to track you. We'll be doing peer-to-peer transactions with cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or Doge, as I'd mentioned, or Verge or Monero or Litecoin or Digibyte or Ripple or half a dozen, half a million other, other cryptocurrencies out there. And see, when you have like seven to nine billion, depending on whose numbers you're using, people out there that can potentially sign up with you, I mean, where where is the where is the point where you need some sort of control and, and put some entity in between you and them? It doesn't exist, you know. And especially if you can reduce what you're what you're selling down to a digital file. I mean, oh, fuck, the, the planet's your customer now. And you're only restricted by whatever mediums of exchange that you are willing to accept. The, again, that's where I see the world going. I don't see it going over to this fucking Restrict Act bullshit. And I, I will say, a few things have happened that have led me to question whether or not you all out there will have enough guts to make it through this next segment of the of the little war. Um, but the the reality is, for the majority of you, all you'll have to do is sit still and huddle. And basically, they're going to go broke trying to enforce this bullshit. And you know there there was there was some talk about trying to get verge on the FedNow system and I don't know that those discussions have ended. It'll be something that I bring up if I in fact get the lead the original lead dev for Verge on the show, which which actually might be happening soon. I, I talked to him the other day and he said he'd always, he's always down. Um, but I'd be curious to see what he we what he has to say about the FedNow system and whatnot. You know, I, I took a look at FedNow, and basically the the only entities that were signed up for it or that that even qualified for it were all centralized ship boxes. And it's one of the reasons why I begged and pleaded with people, hey, just stay the fuck away from the FedNow system. Because when you look at it and you think about it, there I mean I can go on any exchange and there's at least two to three hundred cryptocurrencies that I could be investing in. And the vast majority of them are not second layer projects. They're all directly on chain. They they have their own networks of miners and everything. But I didn't see them on that FedNow list. Which tells me that there has to be certain qualifications as far as the structure of the network, the way something operates, so on and so forth, that have to be a certain way in order for FedNow to like you. And the vast majority of cryptocurrency assets out there do not qualify. 
You know, it's really funny when you when you look at all the exchanges that are out there and you look at all the coins that are available on them. It's really interesting because there's there is a vast variance between which coins are hosted on which exchanges. Like Ripple. Ripple's hosted on a lot of exchanges, but you can't trade it. Which is just fucking bullshit. <laughs> I mean, if I, I, I can trade everything else, but I can't trade Ripple? Fuck you. You don't tell me what to fucking trade. You don't tell me what software to run on my computer. You don't tell me what cryptocurrencies to invest in or use. Fuck you. Anyway, speaking of fuck you, got this thing here. It's on news.bitcoin.com. Again, by Jamie Redman. Georgia Rep. Major Marjorie Taylor Green criticizes FedNow project, pushes for return to gold standard. MTG blasts U.S. Central Bank's FedNow digital currency program. Representative Marjorie Taylor Green, RGA, is known for her controversial statements and is not shy about expressing her opinions. The American politician and businesswoman has represented Georgia's 14th congressional district since 2020. On April 5th, she criticized the U.S. Central Bank's FedNow project, stating that the U.S. should return to the gold standard rather than relying on digital currency payment systems. Hard pass, added the Congress member. Like other Republican politicians, Green or MTG does not seem to support a central bank digital currency, and neither do I. Texas Senator Ted Cruz and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have introduced legislation against CBDCs. The stance of MTG on the permissionless cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Ethereum is unclear according to Coinbase's report on the Georgia representative. Coinbase's report, which covers congressional leaders' opinions on crypto assets, states that there is not enough data to determine Green's official stance. However, the report does mention that MTG spoke out on Twitter against Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's actions against the convoy of truckers. Quote, As Trudeau has gone full dictator in Canada and is stealing Canadians' crypto wallets, Democrats and big banks are lining up to take their cut of crypto and blockchain, tweeted Green. Quote, Joe the big guy Biden always gets his cut. Project Crypto Owners writes, she added, the... Oh, I'm sorry, Crypto Protect Crypto Owners' Rights, she added. The the Green Georgian politician also appeared on, quote, America First with Sebastian Gorka podcast in an episode titled, quote, Your Bitcoin is in Danger. During a press briefing in November of 2022, MTG discussed the alleged theory that donated crypto funds sent to Ukraine were transferred to Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX. Many people believe that a CBDC would be a disastrous idea for the United States, including me. 
Economist Richard Warner recently called the July launch of FedNow, quote, suspicious. Former Republican Congressman from Texas Ron Paul also criticized the FedNow payment system three years ago, encouraging crypto competition instead. He stated, quote, I'm all for cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology because I like competing currencies. Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has referred to herself as anti-crypto, recently denounced competing currencies like Bitcoin and called for the U.S. to move to a CBDC, like a good socialist-slash-Marxist-slash-communist dictator she is. I swear, I hate these people. I wish they would go back to Nazi Germany where they fucking came from. And, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly where they did come from. You know, I've been watching a lot of podcasts lately. And uh, there is a lot of overlap between like the, the WEF, the, the, the WEF, and the Nazi party. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that like conspiratorially or anything. I mean, like if you, if you dig deep enough into Davos and, and all this shit going on there with, with the people that, that meet up there, you end up finding out that a lot of the financiers that are involved in that shit, they were behind uh, Nazi Germany. They were supporting Hitler. And they're pushing the same politics, too. That is the thing that I don't think people are paying attention to. You know, and, and you went through the worst of it just recently. This whole fucking pandemic bullshit, that was a trial run of what they've they've had planned since they authored the fucking Green New Deal, which was back in the 60s or some shit like that. But basically, there, we seem to be running on two different competing, like, globalist fucking bullshit. And... Oddly enough, they serve enough of one one another's interests that I really believe that it's all all in one ca- encapsulation. Like like the the WEF people, they don't mention certain things, and the Plan for a New American Century people, they they don't mention certain things. But like you know, it's like the WEF, WEF they don't talk about uh, destabilizing and and uh, dismantling regimes. Okay. But they do talk about um, economics and who should get what, right? Whereas the plan for a new American century, they're not in allocating assets at all. No, no, no. They're all about taking down governments and bringing everything under a centralized control. So when you take a uh, you take a little step back, you understand that really what's going on is those are two arms. Of the same unit. One one kills you, okay, and steals your property. The other comes along and divvies up your property and gives 97% to themselves and then 3% to everybody else. Functionally, this this there is no separation between this and a global monarchy system. And I mean, we fought a, a war 200 years ago to end monarchies, or at least begin the end of monarchies on this planet. And I'm afraid to to say it, but you know what? It seems like we're going to have to relight that fire again. Because the fucking em- emperors that were left 
have been existing as like some template for the aspiring dictators and they haven't given up the idea of empire yet. No, no, no. The people that claim to have given up the idea of empire that, that haven't, they talk about things like spreading democracy because we got to kill your republic in order to bring in our democracy. But you know what? If you look at these people and you pay attention to their habits, they don't believe in democracy at all. They believe in dictatorship. You do what I say or you will get ostracized or you will get imprisoned or you will get feed or you will get charged. That's not that's not democracy. Again, we're functionally identical to monarchy. King says, you do, you don't, you die. There you go. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a kingdom like that. <laughs> Especially not one where they're judging you based on what you post on fucking Twitter. You know, Satoshi was really, really smart. And the only thing he didn't give us was the specific guns other than Bitcoin to address this this party with. But, you know, it, it seems to me more and more that we're going to end up having to fight to keep freedom. You know, as technology makes freedom more and more available to more and more people, we have a greater number of people all the time trying to use that same power to limit our ability to speak, to corral our opinions, and confine our conceptions. I find that very, very unfortunate. But, like I said, I think what's going to end up happening out of it is not some global dystopian bullshit dictatorship military maintained or whatever. I think the the physical economy is simply going to detach from this bullshit. And anything that you can't physically enforce is going to be commonly disregarded. And any time that you do try to enforce it, the next-door neighbors are going to pitch in, and their neighbors are going to pitch in, and they are going to impede your efforts to enforce these draconian laws over other Americans. And I think that'll be a lot more violent in some places than others. <laughs> Certainly too violent to bother trying to maintain it. And I, I really, I have to laugh at these people because when you look at what they have planned, what they have planned requires so much money in order to maintain that there's no possible way that they're going to be able to do it. There isn't enough money made by people on planet Earth in order to be able to afford to do it. And I mean, even if you were to radically alter the, the scale of the economy to where you know the average burger flipper is suddenly making millions of dollars because their boss's boss's boss is making trillions of dollars every year. Even if they were to blow up the economy like that, we'd still be in this situation where there aren't enough people making enough money 
to be able to afford the, the type of infrastructure and the type of enforcement, even if they were to try and do it all with fucking robots. Even if you did get 60 to 80% default, 100% compliance, they still wouldn't be able to afford the outliers and investigating for the outliers and doing something to stop the outliers. The outliers should be born too fucking quick for it. So it leads me to believe that we're either being driven towards this foregone conclusion for a specific goal to be achieved, but that that goal itself is only a temporary marker. It's only a, a guiding point to determine where we're at in the whole the whole grand scheme of things. But again, I think when you zoom out far enough, you find out that most of this stuff isn't really being enforced. And most of the organizations that supposedly exist to supposedly enforce it, they don't even exist either. And like, if you were, if you were really, really honest with yourself about your activities during the entire lockdown and the pandemic and all that, every single one of you, if they were enforcing the the lockdowns and all that bullshit to 100% of the time you would all be in prison you would have you would all have been like put to a wall and executed by now and there's a very simple reason i know this it's because we're no longer doing the pandemic it was a limited run it had a limited run to it Personally, I don't want to find out how much runway are on the restrict act. You know, uh, how, how many feet of runway are on that particular track. I would rather we simply avoid it entirely. But I mean, I don't know. You know, it, it might be fun. It might be fun to go through that that revolution that would be necessary in order to rinse all of these douchebags out of our government. Because it's quite obvious that it is highly infiltrated by now. But I think that it's something that could be resolved as easy, just as easily with an election, a legitimate election, provided we are, we ever have one of those again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, certain people being voted out, like Elizabeth Warren. She needs to go the way of the dodo. She's been in Washington way too long. And you know what? If we were really being honest, she she is a canary in the coal mine for how corrupted the system is. You know, we're talking about a person who got all of her college paid for by virtue of her claim that she's a Native American. I, I think she's like 132nd Native American. But she she wrote some Native American cookbook and claimed it was her, her grandmother's cookbook. And, and that, that was enough to get her into... I think it was some sort of Ivy League school. I don't know. All I do know is she got a free ride as a quote-unquote Native American. And you look at her, she's blonde hair, blue eye, as European and Scandinavian as you could possibly fucking imagine. I mean, like, literally, she could have come from Iceland as she is. She looked like an Icelandic native. And you know what? If you really dug dug a little bit, went over to Iceland and whatnot and like tested their DNA, you'd probably find enough com- commonality between the Native Americans. And, and You'd probably find that 32nd Native American is like 
default. It's it's in their their blood because you know before the American Revolution and all that, the the Native Americans and the the Icelandic people were in common commerce, and had been for centuries. But this person, this fraud, walking fucking talking fraud, is up there right now saying that Bitcoin needs to be made illegal. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth, folks. It's a, a She is an utter fraud and she's trying to take your freedom from you under the fraud of claiming that it's for your safety. Yeah. And with that, I want to get back into some music. But what to what to listen to, though? What to bring up? There was a dope song that I wanted to put in here for this. Uh, where is it? No, it's not that one. It's not that one. It's not that one. It's not that one. A lot of, lot of F-words in their titles. It's not that one. It's not that one. Uh, yeah, let's go with this one. I'm not going to do that to you. <sighs> Almost accidentally let it run just a little bit too long. I'm managing several machines at the moment. Suddenly, Suddenly it's obvious why... Joe Rogan has a co-host <laughs> and most other people have at least more than one host on the show. Uh, but yeah, I'm not quite that sophisticated or popular yet. You know, One of these days, one of these days people will make me popular enough that you know I'll, I'll have somebody that can do coffee runs for me and all that business. Anyway, as far as what else we're getting into, you know some of this stuff pisses me off because like a, a story will like excite me and I want to read it and whatever and it turns out that it's just a uh, a video and it's like no I didn't want to fucking watch it on my fucking show I wanted to read <laughs> I wanted to share it with my my uh, my uh, listeners but yeah so I didn't actually select the next thing yet and so now I'm having to fumble through all my tabs figure out where the hell things are covered doge last time oh we didn't cover this one and uh <laughs> i happen to think the um the new ethereum upgrade uh shanghai i think it's named that for a pretty specific reason and uh th- this kind of confirms it it's on this is on uh, news.bitcoin.com and this is authored by Jamie Redman, and about eight hours ago, man, the guy must must be just horribly prolific. Either that, or he's aggregating other people's stuff. So, anyway, here it goes. Rogue validator exploits MEV MEV bots on Ethereum, resulting in twenty five point three million dollars in crypto losses. While the mechanisms behind MEV bots boost profit. They also have vulnerability to exploits. 
Recently, crypto proponents and security experts have been discussing how a group of MEV bots lost $25.3 million in a sophisticated exploit. The attacker used a transaction manipulation tactic that enabled the rogue validator to replace several MEV transactions, resulting in the loss of a significant amount of WBTC, USDC, USDT, DAI, and WETH. MEV, also known as Maximal Extractable Value Bots, or Flash Bots, are automated software programs that use Ethereum's blockchain to profit from transaction execution. MEV bots have various uses, such as executing trades ahead of other traders, known as front-running, and discovering arbitrage and liquidation opportunities. In this case, the rogue validator employed a sandwich attack, which is a type of transaction manipulation tactic utilized by MEV bots on Ethereum. Interestingly, the renegade validator became an an Ethereum validator on March 16, 2023, a little over two weeks before the exploit took place. In this incident, a rogue validator appears to have broken the, the gentleman's agreement whereby Flashbot validators ignored the fact that penalties for malicious behavior were in many cases inadequate to economically disincentivize it. Certic, a W3 and blockchain auditing and security firm, told Bitcoin.com News in a note on Monday. Quote, in total, the rogue validator was able to replace MEV transactions worth $25.3 million. The irony of MEV bots falling victim to a scheme like this is unlikely to earn them much sympathy from the general public, who tends to be the victim of their value extraction. Still, this this incident highlights the dangers of centralized systems where an agreement to play by the rules can just as easily be revoked as it was given. Certic further reports that 1.82 million in WBTC, 5.29 million in USDC, 3 million in USDT, 1.7 million in DAI, and 13.52 million worth of wrapped Bitcoin was taken in the exploit. MEV bots or flash bots can generate significant profits for their operators, but they also have raised concerns within the Ethereum ecosystem over fairness and censorship. Shit. <laughs> These people, they, they just have no idea. No idea whatsoever. This is the reason why I say I, I've always always been wholeheartedly against layer twos and development on them it's very very simple at one point or another you are taking the actions of an individual and placing them in a state of trust in this case we're using the the mechanics of market creation within their their system here corrupting ethereum you know 
and it's a, it creates a trust point. And when when you were when you look deeply into the name Shanghai, you find that take or use without permission is is kind of implied in the uh, in the description of what's going on as well as the the um, the definition of the term basically Shanghai to Shanghai something to seize control of it without permission uh, basically I'm I'm thinking that that's that's kind of what's going to happen with with regard to the uh, the Shanghai upgrade that maybe people will be given an option that you know you either accept these new terms on the on the smart contract or we shanghai your funds in which case ethereum will become really unpopular really quick you know i um i've been discussing various subjects with somebody on twitter and she seems to have a much better grasp of this than pretty much anyone else that i've seen on twitter and uh, the people that do agree with her or do know what she's talking about, either, I, I don't know, I think the, the ones that, that do know what she's talking about, the majority of them are not developers on Ethereum. And if there are developers on Ethereum that do know what she's talking about, they're not bothering to tell you. Because <laughs> I'm not seeing a whole lot of criticism from them as far as what the what's going on on Ethereum, but according to her, they've lost track of how many Ethereum there actually are, and I I don't know what to think of that. I'm not a node on the Ethereum network, so I couldn't tell you. Um, but apparently, she does track that kind of stuff, and according to according to her, their ecosystem is is basically just goofy right now. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with this attempt to force the network into being a proof-of-stake network. you know. And basically, they've been applying all kinds of pressures via instructions that they're giving the miners you know, in, in, new, developer, in new developments and stuff in the code that they, they basically forced the miners to stop mining Ethereum, you know? And I find it really hilarious, honestly, because you know that you you want people to want to mine your coin. You know that they make money doing it, then they and they secure your network by doing it. Well, I don't know. They're, I, the the people that are running Ethereum, you know, Vitalik and Co. Uh, they don't seem to like that idea. And they seem to be pretty much in bed with the uh, the World Economic Forum too. So I I don't know that I find their their changes you know all that surprising with that in consideration. But anyway, so yeah, rogue validator exploits. I wouldn't doubt that they know who the rogue validator is, and they just aren't mentioning it. And I would be surprised if it was not. A uh, a U.S. entity, you know, um, a U.S. government entity. They're at least smart enough about crypto these days to be able to fire up their own nodes and uh, pitch their uh, pitch their their uh, 
I don't know, they're they're EIPs. <laughs> I mean, if you, I wouldn't call it an improvement proposal, but I, I guess if that's the term. <laughs> anyway, I got this interesting thing here, and I, I think this is this is pretty pretty interesting stuff. It's on uh, news.bitcoin.com, and uh, this one's by Sergio Goshenko. Uh, so yes, penis. It was authored about three days ago. How the Federal Reserve is now competing with banks for deposits. Enter the reverse repo facility. The Federal Reserve reverse repo facility is affecting banks' deposits, according to analysts. The recent banking crisis has made people worried about the security of the U.S. banking system. While at a high level, some are still determining that causes that led to the fall of Silvergate, Signature, and Silicon Valley Bank, there is another phenomenon that is affecting the health of the system. The, quote, overnight reverse repurchase agreement facility, or reverse repo, as it's commonly referred to, allows money market funds, which are investment vehicles, known to invest in low-risk investments, to park the money with the U.S. Federal Reserve while earning greater interest than what commercial banks offer. The facility, which is which was introduced back in 2013 by the Federal Reserve as a backstop for a possible shortage of low-risk investment options in the market, finished last month with $2.3 trillion in funds down from a record number of $2.5 trillion reached in December 30, 2022, per the numbers of the St. Louis Fed. Analysts have stated that the availability of this instrument is causing flight to quality flows away from bank deposits, which have come down by almost $126 million in the weeks following the banking crisis, marking the biggest drop since Jan- June of 2021. The Bank Policy Institute, BPI, a research membership group for U.S. banks, stated, quote, While money funds also invest in treasury bills, when they pile into bills, bill yields call bill yield yields call, reducing their attractiveness. It is only the reverse repo with its yields that is insensitive to supply and demand that serves as a black hole for bank deposits. Proposed solutions to the issue. This quote black hole, as the BPI calls it has a relatively simple solution, according to some. According to an article from Axios, this is a problem of returns as the banks are not competing with the Federal Reserve, offering fewer yields, and one's not as attractive to investors. Neil Irwin, chief economic correspondent at Axios, stated, The sucking sound of money leaving banks would not be so loud if they paid more competitive returns. In other words, offered people higher interest rates. The function of the reverse repo facility has already been criticized during quantitative tightening, with the BPI stating that it has, quote, lost its purpose. For the banking group, the solution involves 
it involve, involves a change in the inner workings of the mechanism with the Federal Reserve diminishing the returns it offers. It stated, quote, to reverse the general sucking of the reverse repo, or the giant sucking of, of the reverse repo, all the Fed need do is lower the interest rate it pays. That's that's so unlikely to happen. I mean, if they're if they're getting money out of it at a higher rate, and you know why why bother with the middleman of the bank? You know. So yeah, I I think that's um, that's really really interesting. But this this is something that I find especially interesting. And it's because they've they're they've been trying to confine the global economy down to only being able to transact in in Federal Reserve notes via a few tools. And it seems that in the process they've lost some of the effect of that tool. And one of the effects of that tool is that or one of one of the traits of it has been that energy has been largely denominated in US dollars starting with petroleum. You know, we've we've had the position of having the petrodollar um on our side for the for a while now. Um but that's changing. And it's it's something that more people should be alarmed about honestly. Um it's something that I didn't see coming in the uh in the uh, concerns about the PNAC. Um, if, if you guys are familiar with conspiracy theories at all, uh, you might be aware of something called the Plan for a New American Century. And basically, this was a, a think, think tank um, that consisted primarily of people that were in office during the Nixon era. You know, so like Dick Cheney, and a few others, uh, Kissinger, um, most of the people that were in in uh, Bush's initial executive staff were also members of the Plan for a New American Century. Well, part of the Plan for a New American Century included deposing several Middle Eastern governments and replacing them with U.S.-friendly ones. And why this is important was that during this time of their plan, they would be experiencing issues with existing OPEC nations from their governments if they weren't already in line with us. You know, so Iraq, Bahrain, Iran, um, Kuwait, Libya, you know, we, we had to take out all of their leaders. And we had to replace them with people that would be cool to us. Well, the closest we've managed to do so far was Iraq and even their government. Their in, their government that came in after our interim, interim government bailed. Uh, their government is against us now. And I mean, it's one of the reasons why ISIS happened. I mean, I, I don't believe ISIS was, was really what they said it was. Personally, I think it was U.S. paid uh, insurgents that were beset upon the Iraqi government for not for not towing the line that we, we you know we 
left, but we said, hey, you're going to have to do certain things for us, and if you don't do those certain things, we're going to beset you with terrorists. And so that's what happened. The Iraqi government said, well, you know, these ideas are really neat, but they don't leave enough skin on the bone for us, so no, we're not going to do it. And the U.S. government said, okay, fine, and started doing drops to these quote-unquote insurgents. <laughs> and like if you were really analyzing on Twitter, if you were paying attention on Twitter at the time, you saw plenty of people tweeting information that indicated that they were U.S. operators. You know, vehicles that were that were uh, formerly leased to contractor firms here in the United States were ending up in Libya. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> you know, the last time it was on a on a, signed on a on a uh, lease, it was in Oklahoma. <laughs> But somehow or another, managed all managed to get all the way out there to Libya. Yeah. Anyway, so I got I got one more before we close this episode out, and it, it again is on news.bitcoin.com, and I think it's really hilarious because it indicates that the whole purpose of taking down those nations and, and replacing them with U.S. friendly governments was this. Yellen says U.S. not willing to allow contagious bank runs calls OPEC oil production cut, quote, unconstructive. And uh, this is by Jamie Redman, who's authored 23 hours ago. Treasury Secretary Yellen addresses recent bank failures and emphasizes stability on the U.S. banking system. The U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen recently spoke at Yale University, and following the event, she made statements to reporters. Yellen discussed the recent issues with the U.S. banking industry and touched on the decision made over the weekend by Saudi Arabia and OPEC to cut oil production. Reporters asked Yellen about the impact the decision might have on oil prices. Quote, I think it's regrettable that OPEC decided to take this action, Yellen said. Quote, I'm not sure yet what the price impact will be. I think we need to wait a little bit longer to assess that. Yellen also spoke about the stress on the U.S. banking system in recent times following the collapse of, the, of a few major banks after the first week of March. Yellen emphasized to reporters that the Treasury was closely monitoring the situation and that the U.S. government was, quote, not willing to allow contagious bank runs to develop in the country. Yellen expressed her opinion that the actions taken by the Federal Reserve, Treasury, and Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation had helped address the issues. Quote, my read is that outflows from smaller and medium-sized banks are diminishing and matters are stabilizing, but it's a situation we're watching very closely, Yellen stated. The Treasury Secretary seemed intent on the government focusing more attention on climate change. Quote, We've addressed a range of issues, including financial risks, but we haven't put enough focus on climate risks. I don't think there's a fundamental problem with the banking system, Yellen opined. 
According to her latest statements, the Treasury Secretary has been prioritizing efforts to combat climate change. You know what, dude? I don't want the U.S. Treasury giving a shit about climate change. I want them to worry about the U.S. economy and the status of the U.S. dollar. That's their fucking job. Not the weather. Quote, the Inflation Reduction Act is, at its core, about turning the climate crisis into an economic opportunity, Yellen said, about the Biden administration's legislation. It's no wonder we're in the state that we are. I mean, like, and, and the worst part about it is the Restrict Act. If you guys have not gotten on the horn with your representatives or emailed them or tweeted to them or said something to them saying how much you reject and oppose that shit, you need to do that like right now. Because basically that is that they're talking about putting that shit in place so that this when the the fuck ups from this happen and you start screaming on Twitter about it, they could potentially put you in jail. That's what it's all about. It's all about chilling the public or being able to chill the public from communicating to their neighbors and those abroad saying, hey, yo, we, we are not for this. You know, and just to give you an idea of how, how far down that particular rabbit hole we already are, take a look at CNN. Take a look at MSNBC. See how much time they're actually spending mentioning France and the millions of people that are freaking out there due to the impositions of this kind of bullshit in their legislation. They're already trying to impose that shit on Europeans. And in France, right now, they are it's on fire right now. They've been rioting with police for months over this shit. And the, the media just isn't reporting it. And from what I understand, there's there's been similar demonstrations here in the United States that are, again, just being ignored. Protest marches that are just not making it into the news because they do not want you to know that this shit is actually going on. That it's actually happening. That people are actually fed up with it. And they're sick of it, and they're out there in the streets over it. It should be very, very concerning that such things are being chilled and such things are being silenced. You know, I mean, if they if they had this type of regime in place back in the 60s, the 60s wouldn't have even happened. We wouldn't even know about it. You know, Woodstock would have come and gone, and it, it nobody would have known. There was a, hundreds of thousands of people there, and that that thing even happened. We just see the spike in, in hospital visits from people tripping their balls off. But it's very concerning to me. You know, I'm not seeing it on my Facebook feed. I'm not seeing it on my Twitter feed. And so it tells me that all of these organizations are corrupted. And that unless you're, you're following specific people, you're not hearing it at all. It's not in your feed at all. And it's because they have fuckered it around to where these these social media platforms are more or less just appendages of the U.S. government. 
And I, I mean, don't even, don't even take the assumption that because you're, you're on Gab or you're on Getter that you're not subject to this bullshit. They're still pursuing it and pushing it on those, those platforms as well. I mean, it might not look like it because you don't have to go very far to find a dissenting opinion on either one of those platforms, but it's there. I mean, like, if you were to post anything that were actually effective at slowing or stopping this shit, that you would probably be chilled by their their internal engines. You know, their, their little SEO engines that they've got running uh, that basically govern what you see on their platforms, what comes up in your feed. You know, if they if they've managed to do that on Twitter... You can only imagine what they've they've managed to do elsewhere. And I mean, I know for a fact that I was heavily blacklisted. I was heavily blocked. I was heavily silenced. I was uh, silenced. I was on a lot of people's fucking blacklists because when I look at what my what my level of engagement was with Twitter before versus now, I'm picking up followers every day. And I mean, I only put like one or two tweets out there and I'm getting new followers every day. And that tells me that not only am I not being silenced the same way that I was before, but that I am actually being received by more people. And that my ideas are a lot more popular than they would have you believe. You know, I was I started off in, in this episode talking about BitChute um, I haven't been uploading these shows. I've been recording them um, for future f- future upload. And so, you know, if I ever get me a, a format set up for um, cookie cutter setup so I could just crank out my videos, I- I'm probably going to start posting way more of them because the ones that I have, uh, they- they've got more average views than I was getting on YouTube, which tells me that I'm not being censored as harshly there. So, yeah, it's a good thing. Bad thing, good thing, good thing, bad thing. I don't know. I think in the longer term, though, we are going to come out of this a freer people. What we have to do between now and then, though, I leave it to the fates because I'm certainly not going to bother trying to prognosticate it other other than what I've already done here. You know, I, I do believe that the the retail economy and retail commerce in general will continue and that it'll become even more physical than it was before while also probably being a slightly more digital than it's ever been too and it is with that that i'd like to bring this one to a close thank you very much for listening i certainly do appreciate the support i have not picked a uh, a last dance yet but I think I've got it. And let me see if I can find it here. Uh, here we go. Go ahead and bring this one in. And so for our last dance, New Holy War by Within the Ruins here on the D Shift. Thank you again for listening. And y'all have an excellent shift. See y'all later. If it actually plays, here we go.